Hi everybody, welcome to the latest episode of We Could Be Euros, the uh, new football podcast from National World and JPI Media. Joining us today, we've got from the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, from the Sheffield Star, Joe Cran, and England fan, Michael Jeffers. Guys, we're recording this you know, a couple of hours after, after England's superb over, over Denmark, 2-1, Harry Kane's controversial penalty, seeing England through to the first international tournament final for, for 55 years. All three of you were at the game. I can tell by looking at the three of you that sleep has been in short supply. Um, although knowing the three of you, I do appreciate that you, you, you look like this on, on most days, on good days anyhow. So not too bad. Um, what a night, what an atmosphere, what a game, what a win. Sum it up, Stu, I'll come to you first. Um, there for the Yorkshire Post, you were there in a working capacity. How easy, how easy was that to work? Your, your nerves must be shot to bits, were you? Your nerves are shot to bits. You're, uh, you're very wary of the clock with uh, with deadlines coming, but you wouldn't swap it for the world, Ross. That's that's what it's all about, nights like that. Um, you know, the, the, the tension as... As England were banging away at the door and Kasper Schmeichel was making save after save and you're just thinking, not, not penalties, not with Schmeichel on this form, please, no, for, for a multitude of professional and non-professional reasons. But um, it meant that when things worked out as they did, it was just all the sweeter. I mean, it was just an, an incredible night for, for all of us who've seen so many England disappointments in the past to uh, to see them come through with that with a... You know, a performance not just of quality, but of real character as well. And uh, never thought we'd be sitting here looking forward to England in a major tournament final. I thought that was just something you watched on uh, you watched on black and white repeats on the telly every now and then. I didn't think that actually happened to us. And what about I got I got your match report through pretty much as soon as uh, as soon as it, it came through. It, it looked very clean. The copy looked pretty clean. It looked. Uh, it looked like there wasn't too you must there wasn't too many errors in there, but you must have been twitching a little bit when when the deadlines are looming larger and you've you've got to get your match reports out to, you know on the final whistle. How 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 did that go from a from a work perspective? Well, you know, it's not it's not just the England team who need good subs. I think that's a that's a tribute to the uh, the poor sods stuck back in the uh, I was saying the office back at home trying to turn my nonsense into something. Uh, Something readable, but um, yeah, I mean, you've, that that's the thing. You, you've got different different scenarios whirring through your head. I mean, the, you know, the previous night, I'd, I'd, I'd done the other semi-final that had gone to penalties, and uh, you, you're trying to write a piece about what England might be facing on Sunday with no idea, even at that stage, if it's going to be Spain or Italy until about uh, four or five kicks in, you, you wouldn't... Uh, into the shootout, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have stuck your neck out. So yeah, it's just it's just one of those where you've got to think clearly. But of course, we you know we've all spent uh, we've all spent decades thinking about what it would be like if England get to a final. So it's not like you haven't uh, you haven't given it some thought in the past. How have you found the difference in terms of in terms of you know being a fan and just being completely immersed in it, and then as a journalist trying to keep yourself slightly separate? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think the only uh, the only tournament game I've been to with, as a fan was uh, Russia versus Slovakia at Euro 2016. Before, so I've never been to an England game in that capacity or anything. It, they're just two two totally different things, you know. To in some ways, on uh, on uh, on the night, you know, I, I envy people like Michael who were just able to be there and enjoy it. Although, although probably large chunks of it weren't enjoyable at all, you know, it's. Uh, 
there's the element of just being able to sit there and just in, enjoy it for what it is. And there's the other element of sort of having to having to think it all through. But no, it's a tremendous privilege to be able to to be able to to cover a moment of history. Let's be honest about it and 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 really enjoyable to uh, to be a part of. So, yeah, it was a real honour. Michael, I'll come to you. You know, you're on the train on the on the way back from from Wembley. You were there as a fan. Um, was it enjoyable? How was the head this morning? The head's the head's all right. It's not it's not too bad. I think the uh, the extra time and the stopping of alcohol being served after half time probably helps that to a degree. Uh, Wembley Park is a bit of a nightmare to get away from, but you know, just I I kind of find it enjoyable because I think going to a football match has changed since we haven't been able to do it for so long. So you kind of like, obviously, it's stressful when Dan's God hit that free kick in right in, sort of right in front of me, you kind of think it's going to be one of those nights. But I think the whole the whole feel-good factor just reverberates around the stadium and it just, it just grabs a hold of you. You know, and that happens from like King's Cross on the tube. You know, you're singing songs of players that usually you probably don't think of too, too, too highly during the course of the season. Uh, but everyone's just getting totally carried away with it. And the scenes when, you know, we're, we, we're scoring, like there's just people diving all over the shop and the, the stands were packed last night. I was lucky enough to go to the Germany game last week, um, which, you know, there's a lot more space around. And last night it seemed, apart from the middle tier, that it was just packed to the rafters and, you know, the, the atmosphere. I hope, I hope it come across well on the TV because... You know, it was incredible to be part of, and you just feel absolutely privileged to to be there. And you know, from a from a pressure perspective, I sort of thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought England were the better team, um, and you know, we got the result that we deserved. I've played football with you, Michael. I've seen you diving around in in, in plenty of occasions, mate. How does uh, how was how was Raheem Sterling's um, fall? How did that rank in in, in the in you know? As somebody who's who's won a few penalties himself with a few dives. Well, yeah, you, you you know my stance on this, Ross, and I think you know I have this notion that you know defenders actually dive more than attackers, which people kind of raise their eyebrows at. But if you see a defender shepherding a ball out of byline, he gets the slightest nudge in the back, like they go down, they tend to get a free kick or whatever. If you're a defender and you're going to hack at a player's leg and you're going to take that risk, then you get what's coming to you for me. Um, so I have no issues with Raheem Sterling going down if it's minimal contact. They've used VAR, they've given it. I think over the years, England have been on the rough end of some big decisions. You know, I remember Saul Campbell scoring against Portugal and everyone going absolutely crazy only to find it was disallowed. So I don't have any issue with it. And if defenders are thrashing out legs, you've got every right to go over. But I'm not going to... I'm going to stay true to my form on that, Ross. <laughs> Because you know exactly that I would fall over. Yeah, I, I I know you would fall over with with even less contact than that as well. So I'm you know I, I I'm fully aware of your stance, Joe. What was your thoughts on 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 the Sterling incident? You were you were in in Wembley Stadium yourself. What in real time was it a penalty? When you've watched it back, what did you think? I mean, real time it was obviously a penalty. I was so far away that I would not be able to tell. I just I went full fan. I was clearing everything. Um, but yeah, so it was yeah not an issue for me. I have watched it back, and I think it's just one of those that you, you say it's a little bit soft, but there's contact, and we've we've sadly got to a place now. I agree with Michael. Like we've got to a place where if you don't go down, you don't get anything. That that is just where we are now. Even if I mean we've seen in this tournament alone the amount of times when 
there's contact, but a, a guy tries to keep going and he gets knocked for it and that's it. Whereas last night, I think you watch it, there's a little bit of a clip on the knee and he's he's gone down. And again, as Michael says, England have had enough of those over the years. The one for me was was Argentina in 98. The, again, Sol Campbell getting a goal that's allowed. And um, also, what no one seems to be talking about is the foul that was that led to Denmark's goal. That wasn't a foul either. Um, so, yeah, probably evens itself out. And I'm all right with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. But last night was genuinely one of the most... Um, one of the most emotional nights of my football sporting life. It was ridiculous. You look emotional, Joe. You sound emotional. You, 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 were, you were fortunate enough to get the ticket late, late on, weren't you? And, I got it the day before. I was literally on a, I was on a work call with, with the guys at work discussing going to Newport to watch Wednesday play Celtic in a, in a pre-season friendly. And then I landed up with a ticket. And luckily, I work with really good people and they allowed me to make a plan and I got there. Um... But after the, after the 18 months we've had, I've watched Wednesday in empty stadiums all season and it was a lot. You know, I, I was sort of going in. I, I was close to tears, but I'm not exaggerating, probably 10 or 11 times because it was just, it, was, it all felt like this is what football was about and seeing all the people there, hearing them singing and being there as a fan, I, sort of the opposite to what Stu was saying, I've done, I was in Russia for the World Cup in 2018. I've done, I did, I was there in Brazil. I was there in South Africa. Um, so the last two major tournaments I've done, it's been as as a journalist. So, you know, you sat there and you've got to maintain your composure a little bit. Last night I was there purely as a fan. And yeah, it was just, it was really emotional. I, I, I think it would have been emotional anyway. You know, you take COVID out of it and I think it would have been an, an emotional evening anyway, but... With that, and being there as a, as a supporter and seeing people back in the, inside the ground, it was yeah, like I say, it was just it was a lot to take in. And um, I mentioned to the guys off the call before we started, everything hurts today. I don't understand people who can actually enjoy these games because I went and I stood up and I just felt like I was my whole body was tense for two hours, and it was only really when the final whistle went that I was able to really take it in. I think. Joe, I'm getting emotional just uh, just listening to you, mate. I'm, 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 the, the, you're pulling at my heartstrings here, mind. You're pulling at my, I'm, I'm envious as well, mind. Massively envious. The only one on this uh, on this part who wasn't at Wembley Stadium on on uh, last night. Michael, you've got a ticket for, for the final. I do indeed, Ross. How much are you selling it for? How much am I selling it for? I, you know what it is. I have the, I'd had this conversation this morning, and I, I don't. I honestly don't think you can put a price on it, Ross. It's you know, I, I've got really lucky. Like, I'm not an England member or anything like that. I've I've got lucky in the sense that I've hammered that UEFA website to hope for tickets, you know, trying to add them in the baskets and stuff. And, you know, that's how it, it happened with Germany. Um, you get to a point in the checkout process when you buy a ticket, it doesn't actually tell you you've got it. It kind of just says it's being processed and you're kind of in limbo and then you start pinging through. So, you know... It's, uh, it's, I just can't believe that I'm going to watch England in a final. Like, when you say that, we've only ever been to one final before and we're going to be at one in a couple of days. It's just, I can't comprehend it. And, you know, I, I've sort of said, you know, everyone does this kind of, do you want your team to win the Premier League or whatever? Or would you rather have England win the World Cup? But this is such a unique experience. Like, the whole country, imagine what the country would be like on Sunday night if we win this tournament. Like, I, I totally tap into to where Joe's coming from with it being emotional and stuff. But if England were to lift stuff, 
you just have 60,000 people bawling their eyes out. Like, it's just going to be something like, you can't imagine it. Imagine what it would do for everyone's mood. You know, the scenes that you'll see all over social media. Uh, I just can't, I just can't believe I get to be lucky to go to that game on Sunday. I really can't. Michael, I'm obviously praying and hoping that you, you don't pick up any COVID issues or anything like that between now and Sunday. But if you do, you know where you know where to send that ticket as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll add you to the list, boss. <laughs> Stu, obviously you're going to be there as well, covering for the for the YP. Um, looking forward to it from a um, not just from a, a a kind of work perspective, but from as the guys are saying, from a, a, a historical perspective. I'm massively looking forward to it. I mean, you know, just to go back to what Joe was saying about the uh, about the atmosphere. I mean, you know, the atmosphere in the both the Germany and and the Denmark game were just astonishing. But you know, I've been lucky enough to do all the Wembley games. So I've seen Italy twice at Wembley, and and that's two games England haven't played in, and still the atmosphere has been absolutely brilliant. So I think I think the Italians are going to really contribute to it as well because you know I think we all know as fans. Um, you need you need good away fans to just just add to that level. You know the Danish fans were were, were great last night, so I, th- I think that will that will add an extra extra level of excitement. But yeah, on, you know on a, on a on a historical but on a footballing level, it should be a, should be a really good final. Italy played really well in the group stages, and since then they've sort of toughed it out and and showed some good character. And you know obviously we've we've sung England's praises. We know what a great team they are. I, th- I think I think it's going to be. I hope it's going to be a really a really, really good game of football, and as as Michael touched on, that's that's what we need as a country after everything that every all the rubbish that everyone's been through the last the last sixteen months or so. You know, for all the millions of people who love football, it's it's just been great to have a a really a really good football tournament played in front of some really good atmospheres. So hopefully, it gets the finish it deserves, which is obviously an England win. Do you fancy them? Do you fancy them to to win that? Italy have been outstanding, mate. I mean, in, in times in in pockets, admittedly, Spain, you know, bossed them in terms of possession. I, I think in the semi final, but but when you've got the experience and the class the Italians have got, it's it's a tough final, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, my my head says England are good enough to win this. My my heart says shut up, head. You know, don't a don't build your hopes up, and b this is a really good Italy team too as well. You know, it's it's. I, I don't know. I honestly, I, I don't. I said to James last week, you know, just after the Germany game, I, 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 I don't. I almost don't want to believe because <laughs> I don't want to build my hopes up. It's been far too long thinking, oh, might England do it this time? Might England do it this time? Just going to sit back and, and watch it happen. But at least I'm going into it not not dreading it. At least you look at it thinking, this is an England team that that can do something here. They've not just got the talent. They've got the they've got the professionalism, the management, the character. They've got they've got all the elements, but you could go if you were Italian, you'd probably you'd probably be saying everything, uh, all the same sort of things about them. I haven't haven't seen their version of this podcast, Ross, but I'm imagining that's what they're talking about. It'll not be as good as this podcast, that's for that's for sure. So you'll not have the uh, the range and the weight and the and the 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 tactical analysis that we provide. Joe, I'll, I'll come to you on on all three of those, Joe. Um, how do you see the final going? Do you, can England win it? Who who's in? Who's at least Danger men. I think they can win it. Whether I think they will is a different story. I think the key thing for England now is they've 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 sort of knocked off so many hoodoos over the course of this tournament. And don't get me wrong, I'll be absolutely gutted if they don't win it. But losing to Italy in the final, you at least go, yeah, that's fair enough. You know that they're, they're a proper international football team with proper pedigree and all that kind of business. And like you say, it is nice 
from a if I was to talk about it from a neutral perspective, I think it's nice that um, for what feels like a, a bit of a rare occasion, both the best teams in the tournament are in the final. Because I think that is true of this tournament. I, don't, I think that England and Italy have been been the best two teams there. Um, and often you find, you know, you'll find a, a scenario where in, in one of the semis or in one of the quarters, you get the game that probably should be the final. Um, and I don't think we've had that this year. I, I do think that England and Italy are the best two teams. They've got a lot of danger men. And, but the thing that I think is most impressive about this Italy side is they've got a bit of that Englandness about them. They're a group. You know, they're, they're, you, you, you compare this Italy side to Italy sides of the past and they don't have those superstars. You know, they don't have those players that, you know, you, you look back at like your Del Pieros and people like that. Whereas this just seems like a really good group of Italian players. And Mancini's got them playing a, a really good brand of football. Um, I absolutely love Chiellini. I, I didn't think it was possible for me to like him more, but this tournament, he's been brilliant. That little bit of an inter- interchange he had with Jordi Alba before the penalties was one of the most incredible bit of mind games I think I've ever seen. Um, and it worked a treat. But yeah, they're, they're a good side. And um, I think England have got enough to beat him. I, I really do. And, you know, one thing that, that this Italy side don't have, you know, obviously with Chiellini and Baducci, they they are lacking that pace, you know, at centre-back. Um, and that is something that England have in abundance, and that doesn't matter which one you play, you know, whether it's Sterling, Felden, you know, <laughs> Sancho, any of those attacking players, they've all got that little bit of pace. You've got a Rashford on the bench as well. Um, so if they can get in behind the, the the Italian side, then they've got a chance. I think it will, it could largely come down to who, who manages to sort of control the tempo of it all, because if England do play at a really, really fast pace, then I don't think Italy will be able to handle them, but um, against Denmark, they looked a little bit shaky, especially in the first half. You know, they, they looked a bit scared, England. Um, was that few nerves? touches. That was I, I, possibly, yeah, possibly. I think they haven't really looked nervous in any of the other games, but I think pretty much everybody was guilty of it last night. You know, Calvin Phillips has been so assured this tournament, and then the first half last night, he was, you know, his, t- his touches were a little bit loose. Jordan Pickford, Pickford was the same. I was saying on a podcast the other day that I've never seen him have a bad game for England. And last night was the closest to that I've seen him play. He looked he looked really edgy. There was a moment when John Stone seemed to put his arm around him and say, come on, mate, get yourself together, calm it down. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a really tense game. I think it, it's another one that we could potentially see go to extra time. Because um, both sides are not, I won't say conservative, but they're both sort of quite meticulous and, Obviously, England have conceded one goal all tournament, and that was from a set piece. Italy are a, a side that have had a ridiculously good defensive record in recent years, so they're, they're going to be um, two teams that probably cancel each other out quite well. It'll be interesting to see what formation Gareth Southgate goes with. I think uh, I'm not even going to try and guess because I've, I've, it's pointless. Um, also, he seems to get everything right, so it doesn't really matter what I think or anybody else thinks because I think um, he's made some. Pretty bold decisions over the over the course of the. Tour. I saw your tweet last night about um, sort of the Grealish the Grealish decision, um, and I, and I yeah, think that I showed trying, it. Yeah, I was wanting to ask you about that. I was going to you you all you know the, the, I'll start with you, Joe, since you're on there. But the, that Grealish call was was that's bold, that's ballsy, that's that's you know that's not being afraid to to upset somebody because you think it's the the right call to, to bring a substitute on and then and then hoop them off again is uh, yeah. That's a ballsy call, that mate. Well, he matched them up, didn't he? He, he? he changed things around. Grealish came on and he did exactly what he needed to do. 
I thought he was good when he came on Jack Grealish. He, he ran at people, he won fouls, he broke sort of broke up their any momentum that they might have had. Um, and then when when England went into the lead, Gareth Southgate says, right, well we're going to match you up now. He went five three two, um, and there was a period. Um, Stuart Michael will be able to sort of talk about it as well. I don't know if it really reflected on on TV, but there's a period of about two and a half minutes when I don't think Denmark touched the ball, and when and the, the 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 way that the fans were reacting, there was all the all A's going off, and I just I can't get involved with it. It makes me too nervous. I feel like it's going to bite me in the arse. I'll I'll be O'Laying something, and then they'll give the ball away and score. So I'm just sort of stood there with my arms crossed. But it was it was about two and a half minutes where they just kept the ball, and then it was there was all these sort of periods when they tried to go in the corner. And you've just got Phil Foden bombing about because he just wants the ball still. You know, he's trying to make all these runs and they're having none of it. Like you got the guys going into the corner and um, they just looked really sort of assured. And over the course of the game, to be honest, it, Denmark had the free kick goal that they scored. It's obviously a direct free kick. Other than that, Pickford wasn't really tested. England were the better side. And when it got to that last little bit, when Southgate needed to make a big call, he did it. And, I can only imagine what that conversation was like with Jack Grealish. And given his relationship with this, this group of England players, I would like to think that Jack Grealish just went, absolutely fair enough, boss. And that was the end of it. And he's going to get a chance to play in the Euros final now. So, you know, it doesn't really make a difference whether you are, you know, whether you come off, if it helps the team, it helps the team. And I think that it, it showed a little bit of a, I suppose, a ruthlessness to, to Gareth Southgate that a lot of people have been questioning. Stu, would you agree with that? Did you get a chance to speak to Southgate after the game? Did he talk about Grealish? He did. And he said what Joe said, that Grealish said he wasn't bothered. Now, whether you believe Gareth Southgate or not is another matter, but I suspect it's probably true in this in this case. I think it's did swap that uh, for, for playing in a final. And yeah, to be honest, I wasn't surprised um, by this stage of the tournament because, you know, this is the manager who went into the Croatia game and said, yeah, I'm not going to bother playing with the left back. I'll put Kieran Trippier there. This is the manager who put plucked Bakayo Saka from nowhere and chucked him in for a game and then did the same with Jordan Sancho. He's made massive calls all the way through, calls which, you know, probably at the start of the tournament, all of us were looking at thinking, what on earth is he doing here? What is he thinking? And calls which by now, he could he could put Jordan Pickford on the left wing on Sunday and we'd all probably just sit there and think... I, I would be absolutely fine with that. Trust him. Let him, let him do his job. <laughs> Joe, he could put you and me up front and we'd still probably look at it thinking, actually, we might score here because he's, he just, he knows what he's doing. You know, you let's can, not you get carried away, really, yes, Stu. Let's not get carried <laughs> you, you just You just can't question anything he does at the moment. You know, we're, we're looking at, I think, you know, earlier in the tournament, people were trying to second guess formations and personnel. And now I think we're all like Joe was earlier. We'll just wait and see what he does and we know it'll be right. You know, he's just he's just put so much so much faith in us. I mean, it's it's a national pastime to criticise the national the England manager and say he's picked the wrong team and that. But you just can't have that arg argument in the pub anymore because you look up at the telly and, and the preview in a European Championship final that England are playing in. He's he's getting everything he's getting everything right, and and I think I think the players will just be the same as us if they see the number going up. They must just think, well, it's the right thing, you know. Marcus Rashford, you know, is probably sitting on the bench thinking, well, I can't argue, can I? Raheem Sterling's doing this and this manager's doing that, you know. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, hopefully hopefully our 
our uh, confidence in him is rewarded for another uh, 120 minutes and uh, 23 penalty kicks, which is probably what we've got left of this tournament. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope not. Michael, I've managed you on a Sunday morning. If I'd hooked you uh, after bringing you on as a substitute, would you have been happy with that? So I wouldn't have been happy, Ross, but if we win the game, then you've got to go with the decision, haven't you? I think uh, when you're young, which a lot of these players are, it's quite easy for their inexperience to grab a hold of them but the manager's just got the respect of everyone because you as as we touched on you know you, you can't doubt them you've just got to trust it and you your word against theirs like obviously you imagine Jack Grealish would be gutted to come off but you know it is the right thing to do because we just need to protect the lead so yeah I'd be I'd be devastated um but you know if the team wins then that's the right call isn't it I'm a, I'm a massive uh, I'm a massive Phil Foden fan, I'll, uh, I'll I'll hold my hands up with that. But you, I, I, I'm I'm trying to find a way of getting him into the team for the final. I, I can't say it. What's What's your thoughts, Joe? I'll come to you. What's your thoughts on that final kind of final forward selection? He's got to sit the four three three, and then is it Saka? Is it Foden? Is it Grealish? Is it Is it Sancho? What's your I thoughts for that final? Team? I really, I really, I really don't care anymore. Like it's. I was talking to someone about it yesterday. I I like so many of these players. Um, that I, I really don't mind anymore. I don't mind sort of not not, not quite what, what him what Stu was saying about sticking Pickford on the left wing, but I really don't mind um who goes where. Uh, I thought Saka was great again last night. And obviously defensively he's got a lot more to his game than um than some of the other sort of attacking wingers. But what I will say, Foden was an absolute live wire when he came on. Um, he wasn't, wasn't he? Just he looked like someone who hasn't played a game. I wasn't kicked the ball since the second game. I just wanted. Do you to... know what he looked like? He looked yeah. like a he, he looked like a young twenty year old kid who'd just been told he'd been given the chance to play for England and just go do what you want. That's kind of the way he he, he came on, and it, within about a minute or so, there was just a flick. You know, he did a little bit of a flick, and the crowd just got on the feet. He was chasing everything. Um, he just he looked really excited. Like he just looked like he was really really chuffed to be on the pitch and. Um, it's. I, I don't think. I'm, I think I'm with you. I, I'd. I'd love to see all of them start because I. I think they're all. They all just seem like a great bunch of lads. But I, I do think that it's the right decision to have him as more of an impact sub than than starting the game, especially seeing how the tournament has sort of progressed and how the how the team's progressed. But I. Uh, yeah. I very am much of the 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 sort of thought process as as the two other guys now. It's just just let him do his job. It really. It really doesn't make a difference. And I completely agree with Michael. If some if Gareth Southgate makes a decision now that doesn't go right, don't hang him out to dry for it because there's a lot of decisions that he's made that are the reason we are where we are. And that's the most important thing. He needs to bring the waistcoat back, surely. That's that's the big decision. That, that no, is. no, it's too late for that. It's too, way too late for that now. If he brings it back and we lose, it's on the waistcoat. The, the waistcoat's the third place. Thing, uh, no fourth place thing, wasn't it in, in Russia? Not 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 winning thing. Lucky shirts, lucky socks. We all need that. Whatever you were, you were wearing last night, gents. I want you wearing the same thing on on Sunday, please. Stu, um, prediction for for Sunday. Crikey! Um, as I said, 120 minutes and 23 penalties. Probably, it's not going to be easy. It's it's they're gonna they're gonna put us through the mill. Of course they are, and, and it's it's going to make it better if if they. If they do come out on top, I, I'll tell you what. I'll 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 do I'll do one. The way the way this tournament's gone, and the fairy tale it's been for England, 
Marcus Rashford to suddenly pop off the bench and score a goal or something. How good would that be? After the year that Marcus Rashford's exactly. had, for him to score the goal that wins a Euro would be proper fairy tale stuff. And it would just it would just sum up this tournament for England. But yeah, as to, as to who's going to win, haven't got a clue. Haven't got a clue as usual. <laughs> uh, Jeff, as Michael, what's what's your prediction? Um, I am foolishly confident. Um, I, I I see a big weakness in this Italian side. With Spinazzola's injury, I think they were a completely different prospect going forward. I, I, I think like a lot of people, Spain shocked me how good they were the other night. And I think Spinazzola bombing down the left wing creates so much space for Insigne. And I didn't see that the other night. Interestingly, they, they hooked Emerson, didn't they, after the 60th minute? And they were sort of manoeuvring around their fullback. So I think who he plays on the right wing, and you, you'll know, Ross, that I'm a big Saka fan, if it's him, great. But if it's Sancho, you know, equally, you know, you need we need to get her that Chelsea fullback who's probably what third in their pecking order. Um, so my head is saying that it's we are going to get put through the mill. Um, but I think we're going to win two 0 in ninety minutes. Yeah, that's that's confidence, Michael. But and 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 I don't know if I'm making this up, Ross. But have Italy gone behind in this tournament yet? Because I don't think they have. Didn't they um, go behind against Spain? No, Morata equalised, didn't he? Oh, and I yeah. think that I, th- I yeah. think that was a big, a big yeah. question that was asked of England last night. I think kind of getting the monkey off the back of conceding a goal, but then coming back to win is 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 a big trust of their you know patience in the game. Whereas, will how will Italy react to going one 0 down? Because that'll be new territory for them in the tournament. Yeah, and they have I'm been really, outstanding. Yeah, I'm really glad that England. I say glad. I'd be. So it's sort of it'd be a different tune if we'd not won the game, but I'm glad England conceded against Denmark because if if they'd conceded their first goal of the tournament against Italy, it's an entirely different proposition, isn't it? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's one of those things you you can just say, can't you? You lose one nil in the final, and so what goal you conceded, and it's just an absolute nightmare. But I think we came back, and we're probably not getting enough credit for coming from behind. Um, but if that's something that Italy haven't done so far, and I don't think they have then that last question to them because, you know, they're not looking too sharp in places. Um, Manchini didn't seem to know if he wants Immobile or Belotti up front. But, you know, I think there's a, I think they're, they're there to get that. But, you know, their tournament experience obviously counts for a hell of a lot, doesn't it? Guys, thank you very much. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure today speaking to the, to the three, hearing your, your thoughts and um, reliving that atmosphere at, at Wembley on, on Wednesday night. Very jealous of, of all three of you. Very jealous of you, Michael and, and Stu, um, going to the final on Sunday. Good luck with that. Let's hope England can indeed bring football home. I think it's going to be a, a, a dull and drawn out and really gruelling affair. I've not got Michael's confidence, but hopefully, uh, like I say, we're, we're seeing a rise to Marcus at the end of uh, at the end of extra time and penalties and. England will, will indeed bring football up. We can be Euros is bringing you a light-hearted look at all the action across this summer's tournament. The series is produced by JPI Media and this episode was hosted by me, Ross Gregory, sports editor for National World. This episode featured Joe Cran of the Sheffield Star alongside Stuart Rayner of the Yorkshire Post and England fan Michael Jeffers. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast platforms now 
This show is produced by Mark Wilson. The theme music is by Gentleman Jackals, who you can find on Spotify. Head over to nationalworld.com for your latest Euros news and analysis and follow us on Twitter at National World and on Facebook at National World UK. Thank you.